Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden, and also featuring Rachel Young, a true crime goddess. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls! Morgan! There she is. Pretty girl. I've wanted to come and see Rachel every time I'm in Amarillo lately. Oh, you should. And she's got her three book girls mug. I do. Got my coffee. So if Amarillo is the sod poodles, what does Lubbock have? We don't have anything. I, I guess since we have college sports, that's all. Yeah, because the sod poodles are a major league affiliate. Just sounds like, I mean, we've talked about this a dozen sod times poodles. about how weird that is. <laughs> it's pretty weird. So I have a funny story. I know neither of you went on our trip with us, but, you know, this past trip was the first vacation I've taken in, like, I don't even know how long. And the first one I've ever taken without my son with me. So, and he watched my my dog for me, so he just stayed at my house. So, like, he house-sit and watched Echo at the same time because, you know, she's high-maintenance and, heaven forbid, she go somewhere else. So when I got home, we got home pretty late the night that we got home. So the next day I was talking to my son and I'm like, yeah, I'm just kind of relaxing, doing some laundry and everything. He said, oh yeah, I'm washing your sheets. And I'm like, mm, yeah, <laughs> now I am. <laughs> did I, did I not mention that uh, his girlfriend stayed with him? at my house so i'm like i think i'm gonna go ahead and just throw in the mattress protector flamethrower and just sanitize the entire area well i mean it's good that somebody's having just wash the damn sheets after they were nasty on them i guess not because i in tyler never says anything about like you know cleaning anything because i mean he's a boy and he just nonchalantly yeah like your sheets i'm like (laughs) Mm-hmm. So spot protector to the mattress, wash everything else. I would have thought the girlfriend might have at least been like, hey, let's yeah. strip the beds before we leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bring the lights on. Like, I even don't had you like. have to admit that we had sex on your mom's yeah. bed. Like, I had spare sheets in the closet. I don't know why they didn't just take the other ones off and say, or, oh, well, we went ahead and changed the sheets for you so you'd have something nice to sleep on when you got home. That would have been the nice thing to do. Clearly, they were not thinking. Instead, it's kind of like, I slept in that bed last night. Oh. <laughs> Ew. Thought I was done sleeping in the Hopefully wet spot. The wet spot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now I'm getting in flowers in the attic vibes. Stop. <laughs> hey, we were all thinking it. I just said it. <laughs> it was just kind of. How kinda... was the trip? Was it fantastic? Oh, my God, Morgan, you would have had a blast. I can't even really explain how odd it was to walk into a hotel in the lobby, see people whose faces you recognize, but yet you've never seen them in person before. I spent We spent an entire year talking to these people on Zoom, and then they were just there. It was the weirdest feeling and the most awesome feeling ever. Here, I feel like I'm going to cry now. It was really awesome. I mean, we. I felt kind of, I felt really bad that we couldn't have everybody there with us. Yeah. Obviously, we're really missing Rachel. We wanted Morgan to come. We wanted um, Heather, Dr. Heather. You know, there are all of these people that have popped in on us over the years that we would have loved to have. Brittany couldn't come. 
just Sarah, our emotional support Canadian, wasn't free to join us. But you know what? We're going to do it again. So like in a year or so. So, I mean, maybe big trip. We'll do it again. Right. But I mean, we may we're we're really seriously considering a Texas run. Mm -hmm. You should. Like maybe even before the end of the year, depending on if there's anybody left after the scourge of COVID goes through Texas. Oh, yeah, that's true. Holy crap. There might not be. That's insane, man. It feels like it's getting worse. And I know that some some of the uh, studies that are coming out of Israel right now, the people who got vaccinated right away are once again just as vulnerable. Because you're, we're going to need a shot. We're going to need a booster shot. Yeah, I might lose power. My I power saw, just... Right before this, Rachel called me. She's like, hear this? And I hear this. <laughs> it was hailing at her place. Could you do that noise again? It was doing what? <laughs> Oh, Abby does not like, she's like, what is that? She's laying right next to the computer. She didn't like my sound effects. Morgan, oh, so um, tell us what you've been up to. I mean, it has been a, it has been a hot minute since we talked to you. What's, no. what's up in Lubbock? Um, my kids started school this week. It's pretty good. We're excited. Yay. Are you, are you worried at all? Yeah. My, my oldest is vaccinated. So she's seventh grade. I'm, so I'm a little less worried about her. I'm more concerned about my little boy who turns 10 mm. um, this fall. And, you know, he's fourth grade and trying to have kids wear masks is, um, that's hard. Like herding cats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, they're, they're all, it's a disaster. So, but that's what we have going on. My husband, who's an airline pilot, it, he was on a voluntary paid leave for part of last year, but he's back to work. So we were excited. Ooh. That's got to be a relief. Where, who does he fly for? He's an American pilot. Awesome. American looks like they're doing okay. I think so. Yeah. So we were. it was just a very strange year for us to have him home every night last year for most of the year. <laughs> Woo. So yeah. since last, actually a year ago, my sis, one of my sisters moved to Lubbock. So I've been down there a little bit more. I should have let you know that. You should have. I know. You guys need to go and hang out. We found, we've been going to, you probably know about this place already, but I think Second and Charlie's. Have you been there? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Love that place. They have like a free book bin and other stuff. So they had one of those yeah. in Colorado. We went to that. Was that what that oh, really? was called? Second, yeah. Second and Charlie. It was huge. It was big. Yeah. yeah. They had signed first editions. I had to go do another car remote. But the coolest thing is, is that Josh Lupton, who's the bearded book girl from the original series, came back to work for Cumulus. So he was there and he's all of a sudden gotten into book collecting. Oh, has he really? We spent two full hours talking about book collecting and it was the coolest conversation ever because he's, you know, really curious about and then it course set a fire under my butt because i'm like wanting to get out there and find some more treasures now so i'm like hmm maybe i had to schedule some time to go to some garage sales and maybe hit the goodwill stores a little more often and you know all those really good places to find treasure and by treasure i mean modern goodwill modern first um, editions the goodwill here in amarillo they have a surprisingly big book section yeah there's a lot mm-hmm. of people who just don't want to mess with it. When they're cleaning out their stuff or if a loved one dies or whatever, they just do not want to mess with it. And yeah. people never 
I said this to so many people, they think I'm nuts, but people don't put any value on the books. The books are like the last thing and they're just in the way and they're heavy and nobody cares about them. Nobody cares about all those books. <laughs> and it makes me so sad and I just want to go adopt all of those books and bring them to my house. Oh Lord. They need to be loved. They're I pass my books on. I have I have neighbors and coworkers and as soon as I'm done, they are if I you know, unless for some reason I just really need to keep it. But we I don't have enough room for my books. My kids, I let them save their books. So they have shelves and shelves, but there's no room for mama's books after they are taking up all the space. So I just get get them moved on to neighbors usually. Hmm. Yeah, I'm like you, Morgan. If I've got, I have friends or, um, you know, places I can donate them or taking them to, you know, a place to do buyback, stuff like that. That's what I do. It's, I actually have this cute little basket. I should show it to you. Um, it was from a Valentine's gift a couple of years back. And so it, it actually was a basket that had a bunch of pretty balloons tied to it with strings. So it's supposed to look like a hot air balloon. And it was from my husband. And so it had a cute little wooden sign that says, I think I'll keep you forever. Aww. And the, <laughs> yeah, he won points for that one. But the, uh, so I kept the basket and the very few books that I will keep rereading and never get a, rid of are in there. And there's six, that's it, like that are in that, in that basket. Like, and it that, says I'll keep you not forever. A huge... oh, I'm not a romantic, but that's really cool. I was like, when did you get soft? I really have been soft. <laughs> oh my gosh. I feel so nostalgic after having, you know, this week. So this will play next week. But still, it feels like we, well, we did, we did just get back. So all that nostalgia has just built up in me. Except life now is like so boring <laughs> after going on vacation. <laughs> I went back to work the, on the next, not the next day, but the day after, and I couldn't stay awake. It was the longest day of my life. <laughs> I was like looking at the clock. I'm like, why is it only 11? I can't even go to lunch yet. Oh. It was insane, you guys. I think the only time I have not been able to listen to my book in the car on a trip can you imagine me driving through Kansas without listening to a book? I did it twice. <laughs> Speaking of being nostalgic, some of the first episodes that I listened to, y'all referenced the road trips in the Shiwi. <laughs> <laughs> I actually so offered did, I actually so offered did, her the Shiwi earlier. <laughs> I, I was gonna ask. I mean, did you have to get the Shiwi out? Well, there was one bathroom that we stopped at that I could not even go in. I it was went so in. it was Jesus's truck stop because everything in this oh. in this uh, gas station was related to Jesus or had some kind everything. of psalms. Everything. They even had a shirt that said like um, tacos with Jesus and had a picture <laughs> of lettuce and it said "Let us pray." I mean. <laughs> I, I should have taken a picture of you the shirt. Have taken it was a picture of it. And we, yeah. when we went into the bath, well, when we walked in there and there's these two dudes standing behind the counter and evidently somebody was complaining about something because the guy was like, well, we're not allowed to leave this area. We have to stay back here the whole time and blah, blah, blah. And I was walking past. We don't even I, get a lunch or anything. Yeah, I had to go to the bathroom pretty bad. So I was powering past them. And then I walk into the bathroom and the stench hits me. It's like awful in there. 
and it was humid too so it makes it even worse you know i know right and and bonnie the wall hits her and she turns right around and goes back out i'm like i'll wait until we get gas i'll hold it i got it (laughs) so i i went to the bathroom and i came out and of course i'm wearing a double mask because that's what i do now but um i came out of the stall and the the tile in the bathroom was supposed to be white, but ab- about waist height down, all of the grout was covered in black mold. Now, this is, this is on the interstate, all right, in Kansas. I don't remember the name of the- 24-7. 24-7 was the name of the chain, but it was hideous, you oh, guys. Oh, the name of the like town? Yeah, uh, I, remember I don't remember that. the name of the town, but it was on I-70. I just remember the name of the chain, and the next time we were going to stop, I'm like, no, don't stop there. That has one of those 24-7s. It's Keep going. Jesus, oh. That's Jesus's truck stop. We're not yeah. welcome. Jesus's <laughs> truck stop. I'm not a religious person, but what? how does the saying go? Cleanliness is next to godliness? Well, there was no God in that place. just thinking yeah. that. It sounds gross. It was disgusting. Yeah. And Maybe they need to uh, adopt that mantra. I don't know. Something. Ooh. Jesus needs some bleach for his ew. birthday. <laughs> when I travel with kids, because it seems like I'm always traveling with kids who drink too much and then they get up to potty too much. Uh-huh. We'll do, we do the double stop. So stop at a good bathroom, like a Starbucks, and then <laughs> go down the road and get stopped for the gas. And of course, yeah. we're always late. It adds hours to the trip, but... But at least you don't have to pee in Jesus's truck stop that's full of mold. Well, I think we were also dealing with a a situation where we were almost ready to run out of gas. And, you know, we had all kinds of... No, that was a different time. A different time. We didn't get gas at that truck stop. That was on the way back that we found Jesus's truck stop. When we were going up, let me tell you what... Let let me tell you. We already talked about that on the podcast last week. Oh, did we? Yeah, because that was the live show. Oh. Remember, we talked about that. Okay, sorry. Oh, so we don't get to know? <laughs> well, okay, I'll just tell you. So we're just, you know, listening to music, singing along and everything else after I figured out how to put the iTunes on my Apple phone. Which took for freaking ever, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> because, you know, I'm an idiot and there's a button right on the front. I'll just have to say that I didn't even see until after I already had it downloaded. Um, We're just singing and bopping along and all of a sudden Martha goes, oh, and I'm like, what? We forgot to stop for gas. I'm like, what? <laughs> and then we missed three, three exits. Three more exits. Three more exits before we finally stopped going, to get gas. Oh, this is a good one. You know, you turn the song up. And she's like, come on, pretty baby. Kiss me, Disney. <laughs> I don't know what song you're singing. Oh my God. Whatever the hell it was. It was just the two of us, and we were both singing at the top of our lungs <laughs> to all these songs that she had on there, most of which were hairband songs. Of Bonnie course. has a really weird collection of stuff on her <laughs> Three I, Days on Grace her to uh, George Michaels. No, the weirdest oh, part George is Michael. all the country on there, and she insists. That well, those were not Tyler's. her songs. See, she's doing it now. That's Tyler's. But I think maybe she's secretly a country listener. And she just doesn't want to admit it. Because you know how much I, I hate country music. But have you ever heard um, Earl's Gotta Die? Yes. That Goodbye, is, Earl. Yeah. <laughs> that one's pretty funny, too. There's this one song on 
It was the for the soundtrack for Redneck Rampage. I remember that computer game because this would have been probably like oh four oh five. Yeah, right? yeah. Oh, I know what it is. My baby's all liquored up. <laughs> so I didn't play the game, but the girl in front of me in law school played the game in class, and it was it was when laptops were kind of new to law school university, and the class was tiered, and I was above her and. I would get so distracted watching her play Redneck Rampage. <laughs> My baby's all liquored up. <laughs> I don't know that song. Did she pass? Off, Did she pass law school? I don't know. It was a miracle I did. Trying to <laughs> concentrate and watch. <laughs> watching her play Redneck Rampage. Like, Morgan, can you answer this question? What? Right. What? what was the question? <laughs> She's liquored up. That's what it's saying. She's liquored up. I think like the characters would hit people with the two by fours. Yes. And they all had on tank tops. Yeah. 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 That's freaking hilarious. My baby's all liquored up. I'm showing the picture. Lord, how did she get so liquored up? I don't know. I don't think there's a whole lot of consent going on with that. Mm, Nope, probably not. No, we're not condoning this behavior. You know, I was thinking about this behavior, this thing we do every week. When Michael Richards, the dude who um, pretty much crowned himself king of Jeopardy and um, decided to be the host, even though they had all of these great people try out, that's kind of like directing a play and having the best people try out and then casting yourself in the lead role. It's just yep. like really fucking rude. So anyway. He's the guy who quit? Yeah, he's the guy that quit after he was there for a week because they listened to his podcast and turn and he was trying he was asking his co-hosts if she'd ever posed nude. And it, they played they played it back and it was like, Have you ever posed nude? No, I don't know. I haven't. Oh, yes, you have. Yes, you have. I bet you have. Martha, have you ever posed Ew. nude? <laughs> no, I never have. Never, Steve. never posed nude. I don't think there's any nude pictures of me out there unless I didn't consent. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should watch the end of that video. <laughs> yeah, I think we should go back and watch that video because there's a lot of drunk girls in there. And as you guys know, when I drink, I tend to get a bit amorous. So. You know, could have been anything. But as I was thinking about it, I was thinking, if anybody went back and listened to the historical documents, which is what I'll call our back episodes, I'm sure that they could find something on there to hold against me. I I, I can never do anything really, you know, like exceptionally important with my life now. You can't run for state office or be the host of Jeopardy. Nope. I can't. Yeah, me neither. Because I'm sure I said something offensive at some point that will put me out of the job. Be famous to all of us. But let's also, to be fair, when has that ever stopped? (laughs) That's true. (laughs) I mean, just saying. I did not have sexual relations with With that that woman. (laughs) Miss Lewinsky. Hey, we should get Monica on the on the show. I didn't. Oh, she won't talk about it. (laughs) No, no, I wouldn't want her to talk about it. I would just want her to come on and be a book girl, you know, and talk about books like everybody else. I would never, like, I mean, I just think it's cool that she's still, you know, she's still putting herself out there. She's still 
gone on with her life. I mean, that's got to be rough being a center of something like that. And then, yeah, you know, and how unfair to be. Like, I would judge. never. Like, whatever. You had an affair with somebody. Maybe. I mean, he was. I mean, profile, I've, but... I've done some pretty sketchy things in my young life that I wouldn't want drug like out to the, the yeah. president. Well, I mean, who has not gotten on their knees at least one time at work? Right. Right. Well, you work, know what I'm saying? No. <laughs> huh? <Not at> work. <laughs> Honey, you work from home. <laughs> yeah, Come, on, we know it. Come on, Rachel, we know it. We're going to haze you and well, tell the truth. Yeah. If we're going to, if we're going to add work at home, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a whole nother animal. <laughs> you know, the, all of that crap's getting held against us anyway. So at this point, all bets are off. I'm going for broke. I'd vote for you. I'd vote for you. For what? <laughs> depending Whatever on who you're, you want. Depending on who your vice president was. Oh, you mean for president? Hey, if, if uh, he who must not be named could get elected, why not me? That's very true. Come well, on now. Qualified. I've never had a bankruptcy. That's true. I've never had uh, anybody file sexual assault charges against me. Oh, you haven't gotten that paperwork in the mail yet? You will. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I wanted to go through life without having that. Morgan, we might need a good lawyer. <laughs> okay. Shall we move to books? I think I tried that transition before and it didn't quite work out. It's a bug blend. Whoa, Morgan! <laughs> Woo! Morgan for the win! Okay, so the book that I read this week is called The Last Bookshop in London by Madeline Martin. And um, this is a book that was recommended by the historical fiction group that I'm a part of in, on Facebook because they have the coolest ideas for books. They really do. I always, I can never go wrong. And I know I've said that before over and over again. So let me get back to this. Martha, this is about a bookshop with a cranky old man owner. So I'm thinking this is probably right up your alley. I thought you were going to say a cranky bookshop owner like you. No, it was a male. So this is in set in 1939, London. There's a lady named Grace Bennett who has just come to the city. She came to the city just days before they declared war with Germany. She comes to the city and she needs a job. So she's staying at this boarding house and the boarding house owner sets her up to work in this bookshop. She's never really been a reader before this point. She's always worked full time and taking care of people. So she's never really had time to read. But a job is a job and they're few and far between so she goes to work at this bookshop and it's only supposed to be for six months it's called primrose hill bookshop she goes and the owner's a kind of a cranky old man the bookshop is very out of order there's no rhyme or reason to how things are kept on the shelf so she immediately starts trying to like dust and organize the books and everything else. Well, the very first day she tries to help a customer and I'm pretty sure his name is like George or something like that. And of course he asks about a book and she has absolutely no clue where it is because the book store is in no kind of order and he's like, I've been coming here for years and I'm pretty sure it's on that back wall. So they walk back to the back wall and they start talking and kind of little sparks fly. 
And he is a reader, loves bookstores and reading. And he tells her that he that you should read The Count of Monte Crisco. And now she's never read it. Did you say Crisco? Count of Monte Crisco. So she kind of starts reading this book and everything and discovers that she absolutely loves to read. This one encounter at the very beginning of her time at this bookstore kind of triggers, it kind of awakens her love of books. And that's one thing I really liked about this book because we can all kind of look back and say, when did you discover how much you loved books? Well, this is it for her. Because everybody, all book lovers have that story. So um, she continues to work at this bookstore and the Blitz in London starts, which is where Germany um, continuously drops bombs on the city of London. And a lot of the bookstores in the district are destroyed. So all of the patrons that go to those other bookstores start coming to Primrose And because Grace wants to do something to kind of help out these bookstores, because she's discovered that she's a lover of books, she sets up special bookshelves for all of these stores whose facilities are destroyed for them to sell whatever stock they have that wasn't destroyed by the bombs. So, which is really nice. And she ends up, you know, with a lot of new friends, new appreciation and It's just a really good book. Like I said, it's one of the things I loved about this is because it showed her progression into loving books as much as a lot of us do anyways already. And that's awesome. mm -hmm. And I don't want to give too much away, but they start referring to Primrose as the last bookstore in London because so many bombs have destroyed these other facilities and everybody ends up going to Primrose and for um, book readings and to find books and just for that book camaraderie that we all are looking for. So yeah, it was a really great book. And Martha, I think you would probably like this book because it's more about the love of books than it is about the war. Uh. There is some historical fiction, you know, in there. So there's some facts about the war, like the Blitz and different things like that. Yeah, but I kind of like that a little bit, as long as it's not, it's not a romance, is it? Well, I mean, there is a spark of romance in there, but it's not. Not about that? It's Hmm. not about that. And in fact, George goes off to war, who's the one that, Grace kind of has some sparks flying with. He goes off to war, so most of their communication is through letters and stuff. So he's not even a part of the book except for like at the beginning and the end. It's like I said, it's mainly about her discovering her love of the books, her love of this bookstore, and about helping out these other facilities for books that are destroyed and how everybody kind of congregates at this one last bookshop in London and they do readings and everybody it just it takes everybody's mind away from what's happening in real life and yeah it was really great I loved it it was different than what I usually read because it wasn't focused solely on the war it was it was a nice change so you mentioned Vani that it kind of got you thinking 
about like the first the book that triggered that love of reading did it make you think back to whatever book that is for you well yeah of course yeah which has been different ones through the years because the very first book that i remember is the abcs of science no there was one before that Um, it was black beauty oh because that Um, was when i was like Eight. I didn't know about Black Beauty. You didn't tell me about yep. Black Beauty. Because we lived in, um, I remember what house we lived in, and my sister had just started school, and she's four years younger than me, so she would have been five, so I would have been, or actually, I don't even think she was in school yet. Yeah. So, like I said, it's been different ones throughout the years. ABCs of science was really my discover, my love of science. Oh, Okay. <clears throat> But, I've been yeah. letting my daughter read a lot of uh, the World War II, you know, historical fiction stuff. Bonnie, she also loves that. Does she? Um, yes, she does. So I've been letting her read some of my books. So would this be appropriate for her? I mean, she reads well above her grade level. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's nothing that's too gory and there isn't any huge sex scenes or anything in it. So it would be good for a, a younger one to read Check. if they're interested in that subject matter. Yeah, she loves, you know, World War II fiction. Mm. And I mean, it's it's a quick read. I mean, I, I did the audio and I finished it in a day and a half. So hmm. it's not a super long book. So I think she would like it. You said she's seventh grade? Yeah, so she's 12. She's but 12. She, it has, she's such a, such a big reader. She, you know, both my kids just finished um, their little summer reading challenge that I do with stickers on a poster board at our house. And she read you know, about 30 books this summer. Her last one that she read was that Becoming book by the Michelle Obama book. Oh, and wow. I, had, I picked her up the young adult version once that she picked up my version and of course read my version and then said, I don't know why you even bothered to get me the, the young, young reader adult. version. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, that's cool. You know what? I read Lord of the Rings the first time when I was 12. Yeah, I think that's about when I yep. read The Hobbit. Yep. Maybe 11. I can't remember exactly. I skipped over a lot of things I didn't get. But I mean, I was very determined. So if I saw something that I didn't understand or a word that I didn't understand yet, I would usually just skip it or stop, go look it up, start again. But usually it was skip it. And then I would ask, or if there was somebody close by, I would say, you know, what does that mean? Right, right, exactly. So... She's a big social justice, sad books, you know, big, big themes, all that kind of stuff. So oh, she definitely would like uh, my kind of books. Yeah. So I've kind of started listening for, you know, picks for me and picks for her. Yeah. This would be a good one. It's very conservative, probably less sex than a young adult book, to tell you the truth. I don't know if I did my title and artist again, but that was The Last Bookshop in London by Madeline Martin. It kind of makes me want to read the Count of Monte Crisco. <laughs> I actually thought that's what it what it was, to tell you the truth. Sorry. I know that your book club is probably one of the most amazing book clubs that I've heard about. Just the way you guys do things. What is your club into right now? Just give us kind of a snapshot. You know, we have a pretty diverse kind of reading list for the year that we've gone through. I mean, we've done the Kristen Hanna Four Winds and, you know, Taylor Jenkins Reid and her Malibu Rising was last month. Um, We read Gunkle this summer. 
But one of our favorite members who's always really funny, she's a CPS worker, and yet somehow she is our publicist is what we call her. She will reach out to authors, and a lot of times they have been able to join us and talk to us. So this summer, Stephen Rowley talked to us, and he's the author of Gunkle and Lily and the Octopus. And so Aww. we've been into some fun stuff. We've had, we've had a really good year with authors, and we read Miss Benson's Beetle, and the author got, came and talked to us about that. So we've had a good year of books. Awesome. So, so this is our March pick. It's called After the Last Border. And I'm going to butcher the author's last name, Jessica Godu, G-O-U-D-E-A-U. So it's really good. It is a nonfiction book, and it follows these two women. Both of them are refugees. Um, one of them is Muna, and she is a refugee from Myanmar and is an ethnic minority. And it follows her through her kind of childhood, and she grows up in this refugee camp. And then um, gets married, comes to America through part of the refugee resettlement program, ends up in Austin, Texas. And so you have a lot of chapters about her. And, th and those are just really touching and fascinating because she comes, you know, to America. I think she has one child at that time. And then she has additional kids after they get here. Very touching. And she's amazing and, and, and very gritty and just is always trying to get over obstacles. So you're just always wanting to read to see what happens to her. And then the other chapters focus um, either on the story of a Syrian refugee, and it's an older uh, mother, grandmother, and everything that happens in Syria. And she really is resistant to coming to America. So she is very afraid of it. She keeps thinking things in my homeland are gonna get better. Her and her family go to Jordan for a little while. And it just pulls your heartstrings um, to read those chapters. And then mixed in with those two storylines, you also have just a journalist kind of view of what's happened with refugee resettlement, kind of the American policies and how that's changed over time. And she, you know, she kind of starts out with the SS St. Louis, which is, of course, Vani. I talked about that. Yeah. So I think you've mentioned some books about that, but kind of it goes from talking about how did you know the U.S. go from being a country um, that kind of dealt with that and wrote immigration policy based on you know that tragedy to where we are now and so you have that mixed in with these real stories so it's just a really really good book our book club rated it everybody rated it between four and five stars everybody really loved it it's that nonfiction that reads like fiction. Our big complaint was we wanted to hear more of like what happens to these two women. And we kind of wanted an update on where are they now? I like that. I like when you finish a book and you want to know what happens to these characters. You miss them. And I yes. like the nonfiction books that read like fiction books. And they're not just, yes. just like, you know, facts and figures or something like that. It actually has a story behind it. That sounds like a book yeah. I would like, actually. Plus, it's interesting with the um, the whole I've always wondered about, you know, how the immigration policy itself affects the people who are going to have to deal with that. And especially over the last previous four years, you know, with all the talk of the anti-immigration and those sorts of things, what kind of things those people had to go through that was a little different during that time as well? Yeah. And one of them came um I think in 09 ish. And so you also get to kind of see the differences between the policies that they came here under versus 
the other one came in, I think, um, shortly before Trump's election, but then had family members that, you know, they were trying to get here after that. So it really was just such a good book on policy and storyline. Awesome. That sounds like, like a great book. It sounds like Vonnie's going to put that on her list. It does sound uh, yeah. <laughs> sounds yeah, like I need Vonnie, to. You would, you would love this book. I wonder if the library has it. Oh no! Look it up, girl. What was what was it again? It's uh, after the last border by Jessica Godu. I think is how you pronounce that last. Okay. She is. I am going to say we love this chick's book, but she did not reach out to our unofficial publicist to come talk to us. <laughs> Darn it! So, I mean, we were a little bit like. Are you kidding? You know, like, you guys are so used to getting to you. you guys are so used to getting response. Yes. It's, you don't yes, realize how rare that is to have an author <laughs> show up at your little book club on Zoom. I mean, that's really unusual. The first time I heard you talk about that, I was like, no way. You must have one hell of a publicist. Is she free? Yeah, we she could sure help us. We should pay her with all the good stuff that she gets for us. <laughs> And and it started with like a Christmas post. We posted a picture of our Christmas book exchange one year of all the different books that we do. We do like a, a kind of a used book exchange. Um, and of course we had, you know, the bottles of wine behind it and the Christmas tree and tagged some of the authors and uh, Catherine Center, who we just adore, responded and, you know, made some comment on our post. And so our little publicist, uh, you know, slash superstar CPS worker gets on there uh, messages her and she spent almost an hour with us and she so, has clearly missed her wow. calling that's you, amazing yes. you know what a while back and I can't even remember how many years ago it's been a couple of years ago I saw a podcast that was featured on Good Morning America that that's what your publicist needs to do for us for, <laughs> we for need you to be and on, us yeah. I mean you would be included because you know you're because your publicist is be the one that so so it's we'd be like to hang on your coattails and such then we could That's like be on good morning America I think my favorite murder they were featured on um good morning America or something like that so were what, they? I, what I really need to do is suck up to George Stephanopoulos maybe exactly. that's what I'm missing out I might be a little too crude for George but I don't know Maybe Robin? We need one that's really crass. Oh, well, they would never tell us if they were crass on Good Morning America. We need a salty, a salty member. Who's the saltiest of Good Morning America's people, you think? It's what we need. I don't know, but I really do like um, Jenna Bush Hager and all of her, her books and her like book club picks. Those are pretty good. Maybe you mm. should look at the other station. You might be right. So we want to do, we always do some kind of scary book in October oh, or, yeah. you know, some kind of mystery. So we want Rachel to come to our book club for our scary, our scary book. That would that be such awesome. such a great idea. You guys have to put that on Zoom so we can all watch. So Rachel, okay. this is, this is the book that every mm -hmm. single person on every group I have ever come in contact with thinks this book is the bomb. I will say i don't disagree with that um so i um, i've read books by this author before so it's by colleen hoover um but i kept seeing this book in particular come up on a couple of lists for thing um books with big twists or psych thrillers things like that and um so i wanted to give it a try and yeah i've heard a lot of people talk about it a lot of people love it so it's called verity by Colleen Hoover. 
And, um, you know, one of the things I wondered about the book going into it is it's kind of a weird name for the book. Well, Verity is the name of one of the characters in the book. But essentially, we're following a young woman in the book. She's your main character with things. And she's sort of a struggling writer. She's had some success with a book or two before. But, you know, I mean, she's not a huge known name or anything like that. But Verity Crawford is one of her, you know, favorite authors, things like that. Very successful. And so one day, our main character, she has a... A meeting with her publicist and a um, a book company. And long story short, you know, sort of some conundrums and things all the way, along the way. And it opens up pretty dark. On her way to the meeting, she witnesses this accident. I mean, and it's gore right from the beginning with that. So it kind of sets it up pretty well. But essentially, you start to learn some things that the public doesn't actually know about Verity and her family and so this young writer and i don't want to say too too much but essentially she goes to stay with the family in order to assist with some of the one of the popular book series that verity is the author of right but things aren't quite as they seem and it brought out a lot of different tones for me just kind of looking at it of sort of that look that we have sometimes of what is real and what is perception, as well as almost that exploration of where's my moral compass? What am I willing to do or not do? And again, it brings, it just, it kept reminding me of that thin, thin line between perception and reality. It definitely, it was a book that it had those moments where like if my window was open, I was like, no, I have to close that or just little things. Like I actually thought about it oddly last night. There was a scene from the book. I was laying in bed trying to go to sleep and I thought of a particular scene and it just gave me chills. And I was like, oh, gross, stop, stop. But (laughs) just because it was the creep factor of it, right? Mm -hmm. It wasn't anything gory, but it was that creepy factor. And I love that the ending I will say it left me with questions, but in a good way, because again, it's that line of perception and reality with things. I would highly, highly recommend it. I gave it a five star, which wow. isn't, isn't something I normally Rachel do. Rachel never and gives five stars, ever. I hardly ever do. And I love Colleen Hoover. I've read a couple of books by her before, but this was different in a lot of ways. And it very much was sort of a psychological family drama type thing. Somebody else on the podcast and myself had read Little Fires Everywhere. Mm -hmm. Did you read it? Yeah, I did. That's not Colleen Hoover. No, no, no. But it's kind of, you know, it has the air of So the family, okay, secrets, okay. Yes. So it isn't so much family ingrained because you're right in the house with things. Like that's where most of the story takes place. It's hard to explain. I don't know that I've ever quite read a book like it. I honestly think you would really like it, Martha. Um, Because it doesn't have a whole lot of that sort of relationship drama or anything like that. So it it isn't really that. Um, But again, I really liked it. I thought it was unique and I thought it brought up a lot of good questions. So that's again my take i found it on a list um which i tend to like sometimes and people i don't think people are wrong about it i think it's something different but 
again, that was Verity by Colleen Hoover. And it's V-E-R-I-T-Y. And you know what's odd? And I know why I haven't read it. And that is because our library does not have it. Oh, is that why? No. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff like conversations about Verity and I mean, like crib notes about Verity, this and that on the library, but the actual book isn't there. And I don't understand what it is about this book that the library wouldn't have it. I, maybe because it's so popular. I don't know. That's really unusual. Super unusual. Ooh, my Bill Clinton book just came in. The one with uh, James Patterson and and Bill Clinton. Yes, I've heard of that. Yeah, it just came in to my, it's called The President's Daughter. I had no idea Bill Clinton was an author. Yeah, I read The President is Missing from him, which I thought was okay. I gave it four stars. That was a while ago, though. Anyway. Did you see that Hillary has one with Louise Penny? Yes, and I can't wait because I love Louise Penny. Oh, my gosh. I am so psyched for that. But that's not out till like, what, November, January? I don't know, something like that. All right. My library doesn't have any Colleen Hoover at all on Libby. Yeah, I don't understand what the deal is. If she's blackballed from the library or what? But I mean, there's our library has a ton of Colleen Hoover, but not that one. They have it in ebook. They just don't have it in audio. Where? But that's not the actual book. That's conversations. See the covers. Oh, summary of. Yeah, oh, summary. Okay. The summary of it, but yet not the book. I mean, that's how weird. weird is that? We need Allison with her fifty million. Card that's what we need we need to call it. up allison and, and get a library card that works the book that i'm going to review today is called the shards of earth by adrian tchaikowski now some of you dear readers will remember that adrian tchaikowski is the author of the book that is the holy grail for me that i want a copy of it so badly a first edition but it's six hundred dollars and that is The Children of Time, which was freaking awesome. And this is a different series from him. It's called The Final Architecture Series. And this is the first one of that. It takes place in space, of course. And it takes place in a time when it's currently peaceful, but in recent memory, there was a really bad attack by this group of aliens called the Architects. Basically, what they do is they come to the planet and they make it beautiful in their eyes. So basically, they destroy it completely and make it into a sculpture. And nobody really knows what their motivations are or what anything like that. Like, you can't stop them. You can't control them. They're just very persistent but in the end, what they did is they discovered these people who had sort of an intuitive power to like get into the mind of the architects. And they sort of used those people as weapons. And they remade some of these people so that it would enhance their power. And the main character, Idris, is one of those. He's neither aged nor slept since they remade him for the war. And... He's and this is like years and years and years and years and years ago. I can't I can't remember exactly how many, but I want to say like 80 years ago. So he hasn't aged and he hasn't slept. 
So if you can imagine, I get cranky when I don't sleep eight hours. Right. And he hasn't slept in 80 years. Basically, yeah. And for interstellar travel, they use a method of... I'm just going to use wormholes as an example, as a way to explain it. What they do is they go through this nothingness of space to get to somewhere else. And when they do that, they put everybody under except for their driver, basically, is, and that's what Idris does. But he has this feeling like something is in the nothing, like watching him. So he talks about that often, but... Really, the, the story is mostly about they're sent to salvage a ship. And when they get there, it looks like the architects have remade it. And the architects haven't been seen nor heard of ever since they were banished. So, of course, everybody on the ship is freaked out because they're like, oh, shit, they're back again. And they have to bring the salvage back. Well, they don't want everybody to see it because then they would, you know, everybody would panic and know that the architects were going to come back, but they don't know that for sure. Everything seems a little sketchy because the people that sent them out to get this salvage item are trying to control, they're like, let's say religious leaders, and they're trying to offer their protection to all these planets by bringing them under their wing. All right, so there's a political aspect to it. You guys look like you're totally fucking glazed over. I'm sorry, I'm boring you. <laughs> Long story short, there's a lot of fighting that goes on in space. There's a lot of, uh, it's, it's really a hardcore science fiction type book. And if you like that kind of thing, you're gonna like it. Because it's really awesome. The characters are great. There's some good fighting. But there's also, deep underneath, that that little uneasiness and worry about where are these big bad monsters and when are they going to come and get us and I just love that stuff so um, if you really liked Children of Time it's nothing like that not the same thing at all but still super awesome as a space opera Uh, once again that's called The Shards of Earth by Adrian Tchaikovsky and I highly recommend it I gave it four stars and you guys are never going to read it. Well, there's some of the, our readers. I mean... I'm talking about you four. Wasn't You're Phyllis, you three. Phyllis and Farrah in, in Portland? Phyllis will like it, I bet. She was over in the fantasy sci-fi section of yep. the bookstore we've when got, we went. We've got a few. We've got a core of uh, sci-fi fantasy lovers doesn't, out there. So, Doesn't Brittany like Brittany likes kind of Brittany likes that kind of stuff, too. So I bet Brittany will yeah. like it. Mm-hmm. Adrian Tchaikovsky is an excellent writer, and... Pretty much anything he writes up to this point, I'm going to read because it's fantastic. I really like it. It reminds me a lot, though, of the Expanse series. It has a lot of things in common with that. And I really love that. So it was pretty much a given that I was going to like it. Apparently, he's a lawyer. Is he really? That's what it it says. Said he practiced before practicing law in Leeds. Very cool. Awesome. I love it when lawyers write stuff besides briefs and whatnot. <laughs> is it um is it John Grisham? John Grisham's a lawyer, but he writes law. This this like this guy yeah, I don't like his words, but yeah. I mean I mean I can kind of see the lawyer like stuff. There's a lot of politics and and stuff that happens within his books that makes it super interesting. I mean the guy's very smart. That's clear. Is there any crossover between 
is there any like symbolism between the political stuff that happens in the book and what's happening in real life? Mm, not really. Okay. Maybe a little, but but mostly it's its own thing. That's one of the things that I like about science fiction is that it is a complete escape. Hmm. Every once in a while, you'll see just a flicker of something. But I mean, anytime you mix religion and politics, it's not good. No. And that's basically what's happening in, in this story where these, this group of religious people are trying to offer protection to these planets, but they got to join in order to, you know, get the protection. Hmm. It's very good. It's very good. Yeah, I mean, if you like sci-fi, it definitely sounds like it takes a lot of those boxes, which is mm -hmm. good. Yep, it's good stuff. And I have to be perfectly honest with you guys that I want to be done with this podcast today for one reason. Why? Because there's a Stephen King novel waiting for me that I'm really into right now. Oh, my God, I need to keep reading. It's is really it the, the, the new one? Yes. And oh, you know what? To read that one. Bonnie and I started listening to it when we left Oklahoma City. Mm -hmm. And of course, we immediately realized we're not going to be able to pay attention because right. we we're just so excited about the trip. But this is going to sound like legit mom life. I get that Costco magazine and I just flip to the book section and they had a whole profile about it. And I've been dying to read it ever since. It's I read. Really, really, really good. It's called Billy <laughs> Summers. And I'm going to, I can already tell you guys, I'm going to have to review it because Stephen King is just the master of the universe. Oh my gosh. I love him so much. For my birthday, could you get me uh, Stephen King on the podcast? Could you get your publicist on that, Morgan? Please. I, I can get to work on that. I, I really, or Joe Hill. Well, we would settle we would for Joe Hill. We would take Joe Hill, but Stephen King on the podcast would be like, I would probably die of a heart attack, but it would be so cool because I know he would review somebody else's book without even blinking because that's the kind of guy he is. He's mm -hmm. so good. Oh, so I'm dying to get I mean, back Joe to that. Joe Hill is, it's, is it's, half of I him. know. I know. I, I would take either one. You guys could set that isn't up, right? His wife, isn't his wife, Tabitha, a writer too, I think? She is, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'd take either one. I would. Or I, Tabitha. Yeah, I'd take it, man. There's not very many authors that I would. Uh, he's the one. He's the one for me. He's like my Ken Follett. You know, I was going to say, Ken if we Follett. do that for you, you have to get Ken Follett for Vami. I don't know anything about Ken Follett. I'd have to research him. Hmm. I mean, would you like my journal of my Ken Follett stocking? I could let you borrow that. <laughs> this is when he usually eats. Takes out the trash. <laughs> Here's a here's a baggie of his beard hair that I got from the drain. <laughs> his drain hair right here. <laughs> Rachel's just about vomiting on her sweatshirt. It's he okay, Rachel. I dried it. I dried it and fra and uh, framed it. So. <laughs> I will say though, if he's got a tub shroom, those things are amazing. Have you ever used yep, those? Yep. Yeah. I've seen oh them. God, I need I to get. Them. I need to get some for my for my uh, tubs. I've actually seen that they are very cool. They Do you have are. any of those for them. a walk-in shower? Because I have a problem with my walk-in shower. Too much hair goes down. Because like they the little make, holes are so big. The, they make, Vani, um, they make a mesh cover that goes over it. And I think it lasts for like three weeks. And then you just, 
you know, you can clean it off periodically and then you take it off whenever you want to and replace it. Um, I've seen them on Amazon. Hmm. Oh, Keith, get to that. She's going to, you know, even though she's off today, she'll do podcast notes after the fact. So I love Amazon. I swear. And it's so horrible. It's evil. It's evil, but we all love it. I know. Because I'm with you, Vani. I have a crap ton of hair. Like, yeah. And you don't think about it until it accumulates. Like, because when I pull that tub shroom out, I'm like, Jesus. But You're like, they how... do make the flat ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I need is I need one. And But when I put the mesh cover, I can still put a mat over top of it, right? Because it yeah. freaks me out to stand on the drain. I don't know why, but it freaks me she, out. It's because of Stephen King. That's why. I was going to say because of it. Yeah. No, hey. it, it literally just tapes down. Like it lays flat and then you can put your your thing over it. Today I was wanting something warm to drink, you know, while I was sitting here. What was that tea that y'all had a few weeks ago that like everybody, everybody loves so much? Uh, that was Plum Deluxe. I was listening that. while driving. And so I didn't manage to write that down or put that in my phone. Yeah. Oh, I, a- don't mind. I got like a reading blend and it's that's good but- tea. It is really yeah, good tea. I have the rainy day. Yeah, it sounded good. That's why today I was like, I need to figure out what that is. Yeah, and yeah. when I was went on their website and I was looking, because I think they do all online, and I was looking, and they have so many different kinds, and I want to try, like, all of them. <laughs> it all sounds so delicious. Oh, I know, I know, I know. I'm definitely going to order some more of that. Well, and I actually got some of the um, the barbecue rubs from your neighbor too. Oh, did you, Cosmo? Oh, oh my gosh, I, that stuff is so good. I it is. I have never been so in love with barbecue products as I am in love with that stuff. He is just that. I mean, he even has his own YouTube channel. Did you know that? I did not. He yeah. does. He has his own YouTube channel, and he just redid his whole backyard. His his rubs are doing well. I'll just say that much. Well, I found them on Amazon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they have them yeah. on Amazon. I saw that. Personally, I recommend the Hot Dirty Bird. That's my very favorite. How spicy is it? It's pretty spicy. Put it on chicken. But the regular Dirty Bird is excellent, too. Okay. You can put it on chicken. But you know what? It tastes good on steak, too. Yeah, they have some cow cover spicy if you don't like spicy. Cow cover is excellent. Those are my probably my go-tos. Cow cover and... Um, dirty bird. Anyway, uh, funny stuff. Don't lick, don't lick the computer, please. That's one thing you would only say to a dog. <laughs> Maybe. Or a, or kid. a kid. Yeah. <laughs> Honey. <laughs> Maybe your drunk teenager. Quit licking the keyboard. Ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're right, though. I took Great my computer, I took my computer with me, so I didn't have to worry about having to clean my computer when oh. I got home. That's I need a black light for my living room now. <laughs> a black light and a blowtorch. Can anybody help out? <laughs> At Amazon can, right? Oh my God. Is that on the ceiling? What is that? Oh. Next time we go out of town, I'm definitely going to hook up some surveillance cameras. <laughs> so I know what I'm walking back okay, into. Now again, I'm not the lawyer of the group, but um, I don't. Just in the living room, in the living room, not like in the bedroom or the bathrooms, because that's 
No. Of course, it people is your can, residence. So. Pe- yeah, but people can hack into your freaking webcams and stuff. And I don't need anyone watching me sit on the toilet or anything like that. Well, you know, <laughs> I'm going out of town and Dylan's supposed to be my house sitter. So, Ooh. yeah. Yeah. Maybe you need to get some surveillance cameras. I think I might need to. Either that or I'll just... Um, you remember Dexter? What Dexter does before his, you know... Yeah, I'll plastic. just I'll just use plastic all over the walls. Just plastic <laughs> everything. I'll just plastic everything before we leave. Your mattress. And that way I can just tear it down when I come back. And... Your big tub. Yeah, you can go to Home Depot, buy some cheap yeah. drop and... What do you yeah, think they would say, though, is I need 100 yards of tarp, of uh, plastic tarp and some duct tape, please? I think the guy yeah. from the Home Depot would probably call the FBI. I was going to say, you'll probably end up on like some Homeland Security list or something. Mm -hmm. Probably. (laughs) Yes. Can I have a big, really big plastic barrel? Uh, Chemical proof, please. Um, 200 yards of plastic sheeting, duct tape. What else? Now I'll be right behind her with that black light and the bleach. <laughs> I need this and this, please. Um, do you have the bleach, yeah. bleach in a bigger container? Because I think we're going to need more. Do you have a five-gallon no, tub maybe, of that? Well, you need bleach, but you also need some lye to dissolve the body. Or it's the lime, you know, oh, different stuff. Yeah. Got to dissolve the body. We've got to wrap go. this shit up. I'm hungry. Remember that thing about having... Haven't eaten for no, that was haven't slept. I think Get, I think you're up. a little past hungry. I think you're on to hangry now. Yeah, I think somebody needs to give her a Snickers. Yeah. Well, thank y'all for having me. Oh, you're welcome, Morgan. Morgan, you it was good to see you. It was good seeing good to you. See y'all. If we ever need, um, if we ever need help getting out of jail, will you come bail us out? I mean, sure, but I might be more useful with like middle grade fiction recommendations than Darn than it. that. Darn it! Well, at least we'd have something. We don't to know read. what type of lawyer she is. She's maybe not a criminal defense attorney. Well, she would still know the law better than we do. Well, that's true. I can sound threatening. Hey, exactly. that's all we need. That's we need all somebody need. to sound threatening. <laughs> it's all about the intimidation. Thank you, Morgan. You're so sweet. Y'all are my my source for product recommendations, and so you know it started with the shiwi, and now y'all are like upgraded, <laughs> upgraded to fancy tea and barbecue rubs. <laughs> Yeah, barbecue rubs are definitely better than what the shiwi rubs. Did you? Uh, oh, God, Bonnie. Because <laughs> I think when I started listening to the podcast, my kids were younger. And I thought, yeah, I do need to get on Amazon and get some of these for road trips. So I did. So every time I open my glove box and see them in there, I think about you guys. Did you use them? No, but they're 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 in there just in case. <laughs> That's exactly what happened with mine. It's in there, just in it's case. There. You never know when you're going to need a shiwi. You never know when That's you're right. going to have to pee standing up. You don't know when Jesus' truck stop is going to be so dirty that you got to pee standing up. Why didn't she use the shiwi? Well, I couldn't stand the smell in there. Oh, my God. I offered the shiwi to her, and she refused to use it, even though I did sanitize it. Listen, it's difficult when you're have short legs to stand up in such a way to use a shiwi in the car without spraying it all over the place. (laughs) You have to to lean against the car. Well, I know we were going down the road though. Listen, we had this, I I had this whole side of the road for you to pee. 
Oh, great. So everybody going down the interstates wrecking hey, their car. Look what? at that girl. She's got a shiwi. Oh, shit. Look at her. She's pan standing up. How in the world does she do? Let's stop and ask. She must have gone to Jesus' truck stop and prayed. <laughs> or sprayed. Ew. Okay. That's going to do it for Three, three book, book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow them on TikTok, YouTube, and check out their website at threebookgirls.com. And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.